Good morning. Greet each one in Christ's name this morning. Thank you for coming. We welcome you to worship with us, visitors and uh, home folk alike. Jerry, I see, maybe you were here last Sunday. Were you here last Sunday, Jerry? Okay, welcome back, Jerry. We weren't here last Sunday, so we haven't been here for a couple Sundays, so it seems like a long time. It's good to be, to be back. For those of you that have been traveling or camping, welcome back as well. Thank you, Elliot, for those songs. As, uh, as we were singing, and you mentioned it being about the church, uh, a church to, the church to Christ is a big deal. To God is a big deal. It's the bride of Christ, and we are of that number. And so um, there's a lot of good admonition in those songs of, of being focused on, on him and, who we, and whom we adore. <clears throat> this morning, I, uh, I brought a prop along, and um, I'll show you something. <laughs> what does that look like? Or what do you see? Doors. Doors. Okay, very good. Oh, I, I saw a hand back there, but I guess... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Doors. This is a, uh, these are doors. And then this is too big to be up here, so I'm going to just set it down. But um, <clears throat> a number of years ago, we went to um, <clears throat> the Ark Encounter uh, several years ago, and I picked up a, a, uh, a brochure, or a little uh, uh, tract, and it was called the Doors of the Bible. And there's a picture of doors on there, and it's exactly the, a replica of what we see on that model there. And uh, that model there is actually made in Napanee, Indiana, by the way, um, for the ark. But I just, as I've had this for a number of years, thinking that someday I would maybe speak on the Doors of the Bible. And then this past week, I heard a... Uh, a sermon that the, the, uh, the, the minister mentioned uh, doors, nothing to do with doors of the Bible, but the doors that God opens and closes, and it just kind of gelled for me that maybe this is the Sunday that I would speak on that. So I'm going to have you participate here a little bit. When you think of doors in the Bible, uh, literal or figurative, what are some things that you think of when you think of doors mentioned in the Bible? Anyone? Samson. Samson, because he carried the gates away from the, from the city. Okay, very good. The Ark. The ark. I, I made a list of some things in here, and these are both, those are both on my list. The Ark, because uh, there was one door, and God closed that door. The Passover, blood upon the doorposts. Very good. Twelve gates of the city. I didn't have that one, but yes. There's 12 gates into the, to the celestial city uh, in heaven. Jesus. Jesus. And that is going to be the focus this morning is Jesus said, I am the door. Okay? Anyone else? Venture something out there. Jesus. 
I think of Jesus as the door of the sheepfold. I mentioned the God closing the door of the ark. I see the children of Israel standing by the doors of their tents, watching the tabernacle as Moses met with God. Abraham, we had this in our Sunday school lesson last week. I wasn't here, but Abraham sitting in the plain of Mamre at the door of his tent. Why are so many things happening by doors? I believe God has a special interest in doors. There's a, it's a special place. The death angel passing over to the door. He came to the doors and checked the doors to see if the blood was applied to the post. Samson carrying off the gates of a city. Dagon, the idol Dagon, when they moved the Ark of the Covenant into, they captured the Ark of the Covenant and moved it into the temple of Dagon. He fell down off of his pedestal. And then they set him back up. And the next day he fell down in his hands, it says, or was it his head, was at the threshold of the door as though he was trying to escape. What a what an encounter that might have been, the power that was there in that night. I see a stone placed at the door of a tomb, and I see it rolled away three days later. We are instructed to strive to enter into the narrow gate. It seems that God views doorways as an important place, a place of significance. And I think we've lost some of that. Maybe it's culture. Maybe, maybe it's our culture that we just, it's not a big deal anymore. Comparative to the culture when the scriptures were written. We don't understand the implications of a doorway, a threshold. But to God, it was a place of covenant. And when a person stepped into a doorway of, a, of, of, a, of your house, of a house, he also became the responsibility of that house. We see that in Lot. When, when the angels, it would well, be this, probably this week, when the angels come to Lot's house and they step through his threshold of his doorway, he's all of a sudden responsible for them. I think of the servant who was willing, he served for years with his master to pay off the debt that he owed. And then he, finally the debt was paid off. He gets his paper of release. And, and he wants to, to, and the master says, you, you're free to go. You've paid your debt. And he says, no, I've so enjoyed working here. I have no other place to go. I love my master. I'm willing to serve you for the rest of my life. He goes to the doorway and he takes an awl and he pokes a hole through his ear to, it was a place of covenant. He made a covenant with his master. The children of Israel, when they sacrificed, and we'll, and we'll look at some of these scriptures yet today, yet, Lord willing. When they sacrificed, they brought it to the door of the temple. It was a place of significance. And Jesus tenderly says that I stand at the door and I knock. There's a number of different ways that door and threshold and gate is used in the scripture. We cannot look at all of those things today. It wouldn't be possible. But I'd like to look at a couple. Just to mention a couple. And the first one is a door represents safety and security. And I'd like to read that in John chapter 10. If you turn with me for our first scripture, John chapter 10. And this is where Jesus says, we, we mentioned it earlier, that uh, part of this scripture is that Jesus says, I am the door. John chapter 10. A door represents safety and security. 
I'd like to read the first 11 verses, John chapter 10. Verily, verily I say unto you, this first part is where Jesus tells us he's the, he's the shepherd. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth into the, in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep heareth his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. The voice of strangers. I think the first question we need to ask ourselves, am I in the fold or am I not? Am I in the fold or am I not? Do I know his voice or don't I recognize it? Because the sheep know his voice, and they are in the fold, and the shepherd comes through the doorway. He doesn't come up some other way. He comes in through the, through the door. The Scripture is powerful. Verse 3, it says that he, the porter openeth the door, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. Jesus knows our name. If we're his, he knows you personally. He knows you by name. He knows my name. And then it says that he sends us. In verse 4, he says, and, he putteth, and, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, sends us out, he goes before us. He doesn't send us out alone. He goes with us. He has, if he has a mission for us to do, here or abroad, he goes before us, and he leads us. He leadeth them out. He, puts, he goes before us. There's communication. There's communication between the shepherd and the sheep because we recognize his voice, and we don't recognize the voice of a stranger. There's communication happen, happening. He's not only our good shepherd, it says, in, starting again in verse 6, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood it not. Excuse me. But they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Here he not only is a shepherd, but he is the door. He is the door that keeps us safe. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his, giveth his life for the sheep. I'm going to stop reading there. As we hear the word of God, let's bow our heads and pray that God would reveal to us what he has for us in this scripture. Lord, we, we come before you. Lord, we know that these things are discerned through our spiritual 
mind and our spiritual eyes. Would you open our eyes, Lord? The first part that says the people you spoke and they didn't understand. Help us, Lord, to open our eyes that we might be able to see the truths in your, in your word, to have it in our hearts, that it would stir us within our hearts to be more faithful and more true to you, our true shepherd and our, our protector. Father, open us before us the scriptures. And would you encourage us, Lord, this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we have Jesus saying that, that he is our door. And all that ever come before him are thieves and robbers. And if we are in the fold, then he protects us. He's our protection. He re- represents safety and security. He protects us from those thieves and robbers that would want to come and steal our joy. They want to steal our salvation. They want to steal us away. To come in. We have the phrase of, of coming in in sheep's clothing. Pretending they're sheep, but they're not. And they want to steal something. To des- destroy something. David the psalmist understood well that Christ was his, his, uh, his protector. He says in Psalm 61, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. For the en- from the ends of the earth I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter to me, a protector, a strong tower from the enemies. He's our protector, our safety, and our security. Solomon, his son, understood what his father understood as well. He says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. He is our protector. In verse 9, it says that we go in and we go out. I am the door, if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. I love that. It's a picture to me of the church. We, we come in and go out. It's a safe place where we can be fed. And then we go out into the world and we share the gospel, the good news. We come in and we go out and we find pasture. If we abide in him, if we submit ourselves to his will, we make him our Lord, then we will be fed. We will find the pasture that we're looking for. There will be pastures for us to feed on. God's word, fellowship. Jesus is the door. He's our protector, our safety, and our security. In Hebrews, it says this, Hebrews thirteen six, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man shall do unto me. And there are other forms where the door, here Jesus is the door to the sheepfold, the door of the ark, when it it was closed, it still provided security. Noah, years upon building the ark, mocked and ridiculed by many that went by, I can see them wagging their heads as he built an ark where it never had rained, and still he trusted God. And then one day, God said, it's time. And it says in Genesis 7, 16, that they went in, the animals and and, uh, Noah and his family went in. The animals, they went in, male and female, of all flesh, it says, as God had commanded him. And the Lord, Lord, and it's a capital Lord, all letters capital, Jehovah, God, shut him in. 
The door of the, of the ark was shut. God closed that door. And there was neither man nor creature that could open it against God's will. The rain beat on it. And most likely the people that were on the outside beat on it. The waves crashed on it. And nothing could open that door. They were protected because God closed the door of the ark. Do we underestimate the protection that Jesus provides me and my family? Us as his people. He, is, he represents our safety and security. Point number two is a door represents access and opportunity. Access and opportunity. First of all, Jesus said that no man, no man cometh to the Father but by me. He is the door of the sheepfold. He is the door, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by, through Jesus. If we want, you want access to the Father, then you have to go through Jesus Christ. John 10, 9, we just, in our, in our text here, it says that, I am the door by me, if any man enter in, by me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. There is no plan B. It is through Jesus Christ. It is through the door that we enter in. Acts reiterates that and says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. My good deeds are not enough. Attending a Mennonite church is not enough. Attending church at all is not enough. All of these are important. They're critical even. But they're not enough. But I have to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have to step through that door that is Christ. It is an effort on my part. It doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen by default. The door of Jesus Christ is our access to salvation. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Ephesians says it this way. For through him, through Christ, for through him we both have access. And the both there is referring to Jews and Gentiles. Through Christ, both Jews and Gentiles have access by one spirit unto the Father. There is no other way. Now, therefore, we are no more strangers and pilgrims, excuse me, strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. We were strangers and we were foreigners, but no more because we've went through the doorway. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. In Revelation, it says he stands at the door and knocks on our heart's door. And if any man should open, he will come in and stop with us. There is a deep, a deep picture in the Old Testament of, of, the, um, of the temple and the tabernacle. We have the outer court and the inner court and then the Holy of Holies. I don't understand all of the implications, but... In order to enter into the inner court, you had to, it was a picture of going through Christ. You had to go through the doorway, through Jesus. Jesus is the door. Just to get into the outer court, the place where the altar and the, and, and the wash basin were, in that outer court, you went through the door. 
And that gate represents our salvation. And then there was a door into the the holy place, the inner court. And you had to go through that door as well. It's our sanctification. And lastly, there was a veil that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the tabernacle. And it's a picture of our redemption. Hebrews Hebrews said it this way, Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. If you remember when Jesus died, the veil was rent from top to bottom, and it was open to all of us now. We enter boldly into there by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. He was the door. He was the veil that is now open for us to enter boldly. Jesus, who is the door, who is, our, who, who is our good shepherd, who, who is also now our high priest, interceding on our behalf. He is our access, our access to the Father. And he is our opportunity. I'd like to, on, on, on the note of opportunity, our, the second scripture I'd like to look at is in Revelations. If you would turn with me to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. He is our safety and our security. He is our access and our opportunity. Revelations chapter 3 verse 7. A letter to the churches here. And here's the message to Philadelphia. Revelations 3, 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word Hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they, they are Jews, but they are not, and do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before, thee, before thy feet to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. And I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, there's the protection, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly and hold that fast which thou hast. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. He has set before them an open door. He has set before us an open door. It's an opportunity. There's no place for debate. There's no place for sitting on our hands and waiting. The door is there. We read earlier, he is the door to the sheepfold in, in, in John 10. He is the door to the sheepfold and we go in and we go out, and there's pasture. Sundays we come and listen to God's Word. We, we meditate on God's Word in our Sunday school lesson, and we discuss it, and, and, and we, we listen to the testimonies that God's people share. We fellowship afterwards, and we're fed. But Monday morning, we're on the mission field. We're going in and we're going out, and we're being fed. 
He has set before us an open door. What will his response be if I refuse to go through that open door? I said, no, I'm just going to stay in the sheepfold. We refuse to go to the open door that he has set before us. He opens and he closes doors. I find it interesting that he says that um, uh, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and he that shutteth and no man openeth. If you're seeking ministry, if, you, if you're seeking God's will for your life, walk through those open doors. Walk through the, the doors that are open before you because he can close the doors. I remember distinctly. Actually, I, was, the, the, it was, I believe it was Chuck Sundwall that I heard making the statement this past week. Uh, one of the loudest things that you will ever experience and will not hear is when God closes a door. Have you ever had God close a door for you? God closed a door. I remember God closing a door for us. I had mentioned to someone that, you know, I, I, just, know, I just know about everything about this situation that there is no, and I cannot see any doors that God could close. I just don't see it. There's just nothing that he could close. But he did. And we were at peace. But those around us questioned, well, because they didn't hear that door close, but we heard it firmly close. He closes doors that men cannot open and opens doors that we cannot close. Access and opportunity. I'd like to read in Acts, just two verses, if you, if you would like, you can turn there with me, Acts chapter, chapter 14. This is Paul on his journey, um, on his journey of, of going out and spreading the gospel. This is, this is what he saw, 1426, and thence... Acts 14.26, and, and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come together and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Our faith is a door opening, it's access and opportunity coming in. We were foreigners, aliens. We were lost, but God opened the door of faith. All that are out, all that are without are, are lost. They're, they're the thieves and the robbers without the fold. But when we come in, that door of faith, and if I attempt to get in any, in any other way, then God considers me a thief and a robber. Paul use that same terminology later in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, and 2 Corinthians 2, 12, when he said, Furthermore, when I, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. And another place he said, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. A door of ministry, an effective ministry is opened unto me. And there were many adversaries. He saw the going in and the going out of the sheepfold as open doors that he would go into. 
and Christ would go before him. He is our safety and security. He is our access and our opportunity. And a door represents a place of covenant. We saw that uh, in our Sunday school lesson last week. Abraham sat at the door of his tent, a place of cultural importance to them. I don't fully understand it. But if you study it, you will see pictures even of where they would, they would put in the threshold of their dwelling a, a basin or a, a bowl where they would put blood in there. It was a token of a vow they were making. Now we put our, we put our hands on a Bible and, and, and raise our left hand. They probably would have looked at that and said that was funny. But there's significance here. The angels left Abraham and came to Sodom. We have that in our Sunday school lesson this morning, I believe. They found Lot sitting in the gate of the city, at the doorway leading into the city, a place of socializing and market, a place of justice and judgment. It was a doorway to the city. It was a place of prominence. Moses and the children of Israel sacrificed a lamb and they took the blood and they put it on the door posts, the sides and the top of the door of each of their houses. And when the death angel came, he came looking at the doorway. In Leviticus, Jesus, God was giving them instructions on how to live and how to honor him and how to follow his laws and to sacrifice to him. And he instructs them to bring their sacrifices to the door of the temple, the door of the tabernacle. It's, it was a place of covenant. I'm bringing this because I'm covenanting with God that he would, he would overlook my sins. It was so that in Leviticus 17, 8 and 9, it says this, Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel... Or of the strangers which sojourn among you that offer a burnt offering or sacrifice, and he bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer it unto the Lord, even that man shall be cut off from among your people. That's how important it was to come to the door. You just didn't do, you didn't just do whatever you wanted to. It was important to God that you brought it to the door of the tabernacle. And when God visited the children of Israel in the wilderness. He came to them in the pillar of a cloud. And in Numbers 12 and Deuteronomy 31, 15, it says that the, the, the pillar of cloud stood in the door of the tabernacle. My final scripture, I would like to read. It's, it's not a long chapter, but I'd like to read Exodus chapter 31, 33. As we think of the significance of door, what a door meant to the Lord. Exodus chapter 33, I'd like to read the whole chapter. And just as we read through it, remember, to keep your eyes open for the term door as we read through this chapter. Exodus 33, God placing significance in, in the doorway because he is the door and he is our protector. But here's what happened in the children of Israel. It says the renewal of a covenant in my Bible 
Exodus chapter 33, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hizzite, and the Jebusite. Unto the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go in the midst of thee. For I will, I found this significant. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. God said, you know what, y'all, you go to the land that I promised. I'm going to keep my promise. I'm, I keep my promises, but I'm not going to go in the midst of you because y'all are stiff-necked. And y'all want to go your own way. And if I were in the midst of you, if you did that, I would consume you. I would destroy you. And when the people heard this, these evil tidings, to them that was, we want God in our midst. It was an evil tiding. They mourned and no man did put on his ornaments. For the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put away off thine ornaments, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of the ornaments by the mount of Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it unto and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood everyone at his tent door and looked after Moses until... He was gone into the tabernacle. So here we have the children of Israel looking out at the tabernacle that was out in, further out into the wilderness within sight. But they stood at the door of their tabernacle, at the door of their tents. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar that stood, stand at the at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped, and every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the man of Nun, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou, shalt, whom thou wilt send with me. And yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee. And that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider this nation, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I, will go, and I will give thee rest. Here we see the people, Moses went in and talked with God, prayed to God, sought the Lord. And the people, when they saw God come down in a pillar of smoke by the door of the tabernacle, they stood by the door of their tents and worshipped. And God 
went from saying, I will not go with you, to now he says, I will, I will go with you, because you saw the change in their heart. And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not out up hence. For within, verse 16, For within shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. For wherein shall, I, shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separate. So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. I'm going to stop reading there. The rest of this chapter is where God passes by Moses and he sees his hinder parts. The glory passes by. But here we see the significance of, I don't fully comprehend the significance that God has of coming to the doorway of the tabernacle and the people standing in the doorways of their tents and worshiping. But there was significance to God there. So what can I take home with me today? Jesus is the door by which we access the Father. We must go through him. If I choose him, if I step through that doorway, I'm also committing to a covenant with God, a blood covenant, a threshold covenant with God. And the blood is the blood of Christ, the blood that he applies to my life and your life if we commit ourselves to him. I can trust him to be my protector. He knows my name, and he goes before me as I go in and out. And now God claims us as his children, no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are his children because we have made that commitment. If you know Christ as your Savior, then you have stepped into the sheepfold. If you don't, then you're still outside the sheepfold. And he is the door in which we have access. He's our safety and our protector. Let's, let's, let's kneel for prayer this morning. Lord, we come before you. We recognize you, Lord, as our Savior. You are our good shepherd. You, you direct us. You lead us. We are your sheep. We want to be faithful followers of you, Lord. As we go in and as we go out of the sheepfold, as we, we, we just pray, Lord, that you be our protector. You give us safety. That doesn't mean that not bad, bad things will not happen, but you're there with us and you guide us. You go before us. We ask, Lord, that we would understand the significance of the covenant, of the covenant that we have made with you. That you would, you would go with us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.